Hey, welcome back to Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. So I've got Elijah Bailey and the Hizzy. What up? What is up? What up? It's been a long time coming, my friend. <laughs> yes, it has. I'm I'm so excited. Let's get a shout out real quick to Vanessa House. So I got to get this ASMR real quick. <laughs> shout out to Vanessa House, keeping us, uh, you know, keeping our uh, our thirsts quenched. They keep the beer flowing like wine. Oh yes. So mm. Shout out to them. Those guys are nerdy as fuck too. Dude, there's nothing wrong with being nerdy. Do you know that? Have you like followed them at all, or do you like? Man, I have not. I've been getting away from following, and now I have to dip back into it. For <laughs> 2019, so I've been catching up, but no, I haven't haven't followed them. How yeah. nerdy are they? Oh no, yeah, you. I think you guys would get along, man. They have a. They did a whole mural. Jake Beeson did a mural for them. Mm. It's like a superhero, like comic book character mural on like their wall. Fuck, dude. It's just legit. Um, when I was first, uh, I think I feel like I tell this story every time we talk about Vanessa House on here, but um, Andrew Corrales is their like marketing mm-hmm. guy, and uh, he has like a whole sleeve, a whole Spider-Man sleeve, fuck. like Venom and Spider-Man. I'm like, what the fuck? Dude, that, I like everything <laughs> now anyway with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and right then on. Spider-Man PS4 and then the, the comics that came out to support that. Spider-Man, it's like the year of Spider-Man, bro. It has been. They <laughs> even had like, uh, I think five days ago, Kevin Smith gave a full rundown from the beginning of television history up until now, like television and movie of Spider-Man going from the 19... 19- 77 and 78 to the the Japanese Spider-Man and covering that. And I think just everybody just relates to Spider-Man. It's the yeah. everyday guy going through some shit and still coming out somewhat on, like, you know, where his passion is, that's what starts to show to everybody. So oh, that's right on. Cool. Yeah, fuck with that. I'm going to get me a uh, Tunes Tunes tattoo <laughs> right across my neck like that's this. what i'll get that i'll get that elijah bailey show Ooh. avatars oh i don't know that's be too sexy right there <laughs> that shit always reminds me of uh the drake album i don't know if that's what it's inspired by <laughs> no oh, i think the sky i don't know why it's always reminded me of that or like the boondocks mm, okay yeah but uh yeah man well yeah like i said i've been wanting to have you on for a while but for people maybe uh haven't Somehow I have not heard of your uh, many shows. Why don't you tell people where, uh, like, what kind of shows you do and, like, what it is that you talk about on your shows and stuff. Do you guys have time? That show's plural. Yeah. Do you guys have time? (laughs) Like, uh, I'm Do you have time? I was like, damn, you have time to come do the show, bro? (laughs) (laughs) This is perfect. Uh, Black and Studios is where we do our podcast, which is located here in Oklahoma City, right next to uh, Larson's Music. So just a local place, but I have the Elijah Bailey Show, which is pretty much a jack of all trades. We talk anime, manga, comics, uh, video games, film, just kind of give you a little bit of everything to keep you in that pop nerd culture little bubble. Uh, Then the Superpower Movie Podcast is completely comic book focused, but we review live action and animated comic book films and TV shows, so that way I can kind of hone in and geek out on shows like Arrow or or The Flash or anything like that. Then we have a little bit of anime, which is 100% anime, anime news, uh, industry. Um, we try to get voice actors and things to come on, but mainly it's me and Monica sitting down watching huh. different series right and then giving you guys reviews because it, it, the, the climate has kind of shifted in the last couple of years. So athletes, um, you have people that are that have 
graduated that are working with NASA or did have work with NASA. So you have all these different spectrums of people that love anime and people like, how do I get into this? And these people are talking about anime. What does that mean? So we kind of break that down that way. Um, then there's Black and Studios, The Black Box, which is which I get to sit back and be primarily a co-host on. But we interview other entrepreneurs, other podcasters, and then we have a couple of shows dedicated just to motivation, uh, whether it could be like how to decrease stress, how to decrease anxiety, or how to improve your um, efficiency for your passion. That's what we go into. And one show that is currently on hiatus is uh, The Warrior Way, where I get to talk about my martial arts background as well as my... um, profession as a kinesiologist and we talk about health and we also dive into motivation but those are the shows the elijah bailey show superpower movie podcast a little bit of anime black and studios the black box and the warrior way yeah man you guys are doing a lot of stuff for sure i have to give a special shout out for sure to black and studios just as a whole yeah. um not only your shows but uh, all kinds of awesome mm-hmm. i really like that show dude um there, there are so many things coming. There might be a Herald Story <laughs> podcast coming from Black and Studios. My you second, never know. I might have to have a second show, Fuck Around. And you have to. Be networked by. <laughs> See, I like the way you put might, but you know you have to have a second <laughs> one. You know it. It's deep down in the loins. You feel a little twinge in your plum. <laughs> I'll have to, yeah, for sure. I'll have to just uh, wait my wife out because she already is on my ass about how much time I spent on this Dude, one. Dude, that is, uh, yeah, that's a common, <laughs> common trait of my wife's like, okay, you spend this time, this time, this time. It's like, but right on. But it's a passion, and she's like, yeah, yeah. but I'm your passion, and like, you can't argue with that. Yeah. So. Well, she's like, you know, it's like the thing of like, it's your, your uh, hobby type of thing. Yeah. And so that's what like her hobby, like she doesn't have to leave home for. She's a crafter, so it's like, I just craft at home. Mine is like, you know, I'm up here at the studio recording, yeah. like and editing, like. And that, that's I guess I could bring it home, but it's like. I really like the space up here and just like exactly. the whole vibe of 23rd Street. Like. It's kind of like going to the gym versus a home gym. It's what right where on. you're more comfortable and where you're going to get the most work done. And that's kind of how I explained it to my wife. But I started bringing uh, her in without her knowing, just like asking her opinion and advice on stuff. Because sometimes, like for me, I get laser focused and say, this is a great idea. And then I have to get it perfectly right and execute it. But sometimes you just got to bounce it off. And it's just like, okay, I can understand what you're doing now. Uh, but as long as there's that give and take and back and right forth, on. it works. So uh, as you see, she's she's here, but she she's is, here. She's out in she's the hall studio audience. talking to her. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, she, she stepped out. That's right. Yeah, we well, yeah, she'll, she'll listen business. to the show and be like, don't you lie and say I was in there listening. I was like, okay, I love you. I love you. No, I mean, that's, that's dope, though. Uh, I remember I listened to, I think Buck produces all kinds of awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had, like, his wife in on one episode. Mm-hmm. It was, like, their anniversary. Yeah. I was like, God damn. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is what you do on the anniversary. And that's she's funny. Like, mm-hmm. No, but, but it sounds like you definitely, like, have a, you know, a very extensive, uh, you know, background and, like, interest in anime. Oh, uh, yeah. Can you talk about, like, how that, that started? Maybe a couple shows that you were, like, super into that first got you into the genre? Yeah, like, okay, so very first anime that I realized was anime was one I watched when I was younger with Speed Racer. It was Speed Racer right on. and Transformers without, because me and my mom started watching <coughs> cartoons uh, a long time ago, G.I. Joe's, Thundercats, All He-Man. that 80s vibe type shit. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Thundercats, yeah. though. Ooh. Panther was my dude. 
Oh, come. Yes. I still <laughs> remember that episode where he had to fight the evil Panther or his clone. Right on. I love it. And plus, he was the black guy on the show, so I was like, I can yeah, relate to he him. He was the piccolo. Of the he crew. was the piccolo <laughs> of Thundercats. But when I found out, like, there was an episode of Speed Racer that was in Japanese, and I was like, what's wrong with Speed Racer? It's broken. This is not what I remember <laughs> from my childhood. And. I was like, anime. So I started talking to my friends, and I've been heavily in martial arts since I was around four. So uh, probably around middle school, I think, like sixth, seventh grade, I was talking to uh, good buddies of mine that trained with me, Michael LeBeau and Josh Watley. And they were like, oh, dude, you got to check this out. And one of our instructors also watched Dragon Ball Z. And he's like, yeah, it comes on this channel. And I think at the time, uh, it was on Sci-Fi. And they really? are just now bringing it huh. to yeah because I saw Dragon Ball like Dragon Ball Dragon Ball right 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 when Goku was little and then it started to come on Toonami when right after Goku had defeated King Piccolo and he got married and yeah. everything and so like adult Goku like yeah the story arc it was like ninety five ninety six maybe yeah and and I just got just like captivated I was like oh I love martial arts this guy does martial arts and at the time it wasn't too. Uh, like heavy and fly, like all the flying and all that stuff going from Dragon Ball to Dragon Ball Z. And that opened up the world of anime to me. And from there, it kind of led to Fist of the North Star, Yu Yu Hakusho, like whatever was on Toonami. Fist of the North Star is so fucking violent. Dude, yeah, but um, I loved it. <laughs> I think they have it on like Hulu or something right now randomly. Hulu yeah. low-key's got some shit. I'm like, well, Hulu, goddamn. Hulu's partnering with they Funimation. Just, yeah, now. they just yeah. got that partnership. Yeah, so um, they're, they're like, yeah, we're going to bolt this up for you, but... It was just like this whole other world. Like I'd been watching right cartoons and loved it, but I rarely had something that I could connect to. Cause, or relate to because yeah. you see them doing something that you yourself were interested in. Exactly. Like as much as I love Bubbles beating the shit out of Fuzzy Lumpkins, <laughs> like that's my favorite all-time episodes because right. he turned her hair into pork chop. Like <laughs> watching Goku fight Raditz and him and Piccolo team up. And you know, like I knew their history. Like Josh and Michael didn't know their history. I was like, dude, you just got to watch. But you've been on since Dragon Ball, so yeah. you already knew like, oh shit, this is big that they're teaming up. Yeah, and I was like, man, what else is out there? And that kind of led to Sailor Moon, that whole tsunami block. Oh yeah, which, it was banger after banger for sure. Man, they, they hit it right on the head but But, yeah and i think it's pretty well known that you know we have uh, you obviously you know have like the very first background like you know a lot about like different shows you obviously watch a lot of titles and stuff but my whole approach is that i'm pretty transparent that i'm a pretty casual fan yeah and the whole purpose of me doing this show is to learn about like what other people are into and that's how i find new shows to like watch you're a scholar yeah so like i'm like what what are you into? And then they tell me some crazy ass show, and I'm like, I'm gonna have to check that out. <laughs> and so it's cool to like, you know, have it. It's just like that the, the the schism of fandom. Like we have people over here that are like super into it, and yeah. then people that are just like casuals. But we're all fans, like regardless. But it, yeah. it's cool to hear too that it was like that pull with martial arts because one of my guests, Matt Copeland, mm-hmm. she was. She is like the exact same way, got into it the exact same way. She, she does uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and oh, she said okay. she remembered growing up, and her dad watched uh, Dragon Ball Z, and that's how she got into it because him watching it, and she was always super into martial arts as well. Yeah. Dude, and so is, it's just cool, like that parallel, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a special thing when you can, like especially like me, growing up, like people were already weird, Cause I never got well. I wasn't always like big. I was like one sixty nine. I was always the smallest. But we never got. I never got bullied 
for like an anime, but it was frowned upon. Like I remember having to go to the school library whenever I had time and print out like pictures of arcs who were soon to wow. come. Yeah. Man, you just aged us because I remember that. <laughs> I remember doing that. Because you didn't have a printer at home, so you had to go in and get yeah. some bootleg ass uh, wallpapers of like yeah, some Dragon Ball Z characters you didn't even know who they were. Like, who the hell is this pink guy? That's exactly <laughs> it. Like, oh man, hey, hey, Josh, they're gonna have a black kid on Dragon Ball <laughs> Z coming here soon, and then you find out you don't get oob until like GT forever. Yeah. yeah, but it was it was stuff like that, and then like seeing like I mentioned like Panthro, seeing representation in those shows gives you a, a sense of belonging but oh, seeing yeah. like martial arts like really not just like a, a jackie chan or jet lee film or bruce lee film you're like seeing like actual characters and it's devoted to martial arts and hand-to-hand combat and then the psychological uh pull of being a hero but also those same uh morals that you find in martial arts standing up for people that can't uh honesty integrity perseverance indomitable spirit and i was like dude this is my show for sure yeah i mean there's there's something to be said about that and i think we've talked about it with like i think emily that i had on emily smart um she's become like kind of a series regular have on like a mm-hmm. lot of panels and stuff but um she's so smart her, she's being yeah <laughs> her being into like sailor moon and it's just like that representation of like seeing someone that is like you doing something like on tv like that that you yeah. can identify with you're like oh shit they're like me yeah and then Dragon Ball led to like a show that I couldn't relate to except for one aspect, which was martial arts. Jeet Kune Do, because Bruce Lee is Bruce Lee, led to Cowboy Bebop. And that became the staple of how I rate and compare (laughs) compare anime. Well, yeah, that show is definitely the through line of of our show. Um, Not only because, you know, I'm like the self-professed basic bitch fan of anime, but (laughs) um, it seems to come up every show it's like different degrees of like how people are into it Mm -hmm. but that show has probably come up in every episode i've ever done just because it's It's you know it's that iconic like and i take this from buck because we have like a scale usually we use like a one to ten scale but once you get up to the higher range you have like legendary anime and you have classic cowboy bebop is at the top it is a classic that i feel like if people didn't like especially this generation didn't just focus on the aesthetics because it's it's drawn well for its time but the music the rhythm the tone each episode can combine to make this story but you don't have to watch each episode you can go right back on. and you can mix it up and it's just there's so many different points of storytelling that make that show uh just phenomenal and it, it inspires you to like, man, is there something that's gonna beat this? Maybe I wanna write something like this. Maybe I wanna do something like this. Or what if I could, uh, I, I wish, I wish Toonami would uh, get together. And like, I, I feel like they're down for it, but we need a season two. I need them to just push for a season two of Cowboy Bebop. Oh, well, you got, you're getting a live action though. I know, I know. And I'm excited about that too. Oh, you are? Okay, cool. Everyone I, I've talked to is like, man, fuck that. And I'm what? like, dude, why don't you like, Shit that you are super passionate about being brought into a completely new audience, man. Yeah. Like, this is dope. This is going to get more people into it. And it, <laughs> it doesn't have to be, they don't have to look just like Spike. It doesn't have to look just like Jet because it's not going to be possible. It's, it's animation versus real life. Right if they can get close and, and make you feel the same deal, like you have that one friend, you guys disagree. Oh, it's over a girl. You guys disagree. <laughs> and you're like, you, you go at odds and ends, but you can kind of relate 
at the same point in time, who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Did Spike do his boy wrong by taking the girl? Or, right. you know, and it's, it's one of those deals that makes you think, like, what are the two perspectives here? And then everybody that's evolved around it, like, I feel like uh, Faye Valentine is Captain America. She's out of time. She's right. trying to She's figure, in a different time than she's supposed to be in. Yeah, and then she makes the best. Oh, she doesn't have superpowers, but uh, she's got... A, uh, she's like a Liam Neeson. She's got a specific set of skills <laughs> that she can use, and she does very well throughout the whole series. And Jet is that old grizzled vet where you're sitting there watching his story like, man, is he going to pull up the old PI skills and go into that mode, or is he going to be like, no, nah, I'm a bounty hunter now. I need to put food on the table because Spike keeps fucking up shit, right. but at the same time. Got to have that, uh, yeah. that beef and... Uh Bell peppers? Yeah, <laughs> bell peppers and beef. He's like, it is when you're broke. I'm like, yes. Where's the beef? Like, he's like, you, you fuck shit up, Spike. That's what happened. That's where the beef is. Beef, it's not what's for dinner My beef is with you. <laughs> Fucking shit up. God damn it. And I almost got a corgi because of this show. Oh, yeah. My buddy has a corgi named Ayn. Uh, everybody so like, does. It's classic. Everybody well, I love does. that show, especially, I mean, there's a lot of shows that do this, but I love it when you get a an episode or like a little series of episodes or something about a specific character, get like the exposition on them. Oh yeah. And so, you know, you have jets episodes where he's like going back to his eye. That episode's real stylistic too. Cause he's like on some like Dick Tracy type vibes mm-hmm. and it's like, has a real soulful sax in it. Yeah. Um, you uh, have, don't, don't get me started. Well, on I mean, music. Cause I mean, yeah. And then the episode when, when, uh, Faye is like, watches like that, the VHS, mm-hmm. um, the whole thing with uh, Spike and Vicious. Like, yeah. everybody has their time to shine on that show. They and do. They're so fucking good. And it doesn't feel like shit's being recycled. Every time you yeah. watch something and, like, have, like, a one-off episode with someone where it's, like, really getting in their character, you mm-hmm. feel like it's, like, super fresh. Yeah. Uh, you always do because it, it like... I- even if I wasn't, <laughs> I don't want to say hardcore anime fan, but I will watch uh, episode one sub, then episode one dub, episode two, and kind of compare both those. Right on. But you still, like, even with the dialogue, if you just watch no sound, you always get something different from those. The way they present themselves, the way they interact. You're like, oh, I, you know, Spike's got this, uh, when he goes and he talks to the old Indian uh, on uh, on Mars, right? And he's just like he's like the wild coyote will be at there. He's like getting this <laughs> this like kind of uh, astrology type info to find a bounty, and he just uses every asset around him. But it makes him a more complex character. Whereas uh, uh, Ed and I have this relationship that that transcends words, and they can they can cope with whatever comes on the uh the crew of the bebop and it just makes everything so much more compelling because you can have like you said these these episodes that aren't really they don't have to be a part of the main story they can just right. be those those one-offs but it's just it's uh, dude all i can say is phenomenal like every time i think of it i start <laughs> hearing music i start hearing tank uh the the piano black and you start hearing uh, the real <laughs> I'm like fuck me up, and I love the harmonica <laughs> in there, like uh, digging my potato. <sighs> well, and there's definitely like that Western influence on it too. I mean, oh, yeah. can, that goes without saying, like the whole bebop, you know, being a style of jazz and everything, and mm-hmm. uh, specific episodes being named after like Led Zeppelin songs, mm-hmm. Black Dog Serenade, shit like that. I think and that's it's like, of- oh man, music was such a focal point of this show. Um, but it, it is neat, and I do. Uh, you did mention that you. We're a fan of the movie as well, which we oh, showed a, a mm-hmm. while back. But something cool I was going to tell you that we got to do with the movie is uh, 
we have the opportunity to do like, um, you know, we have a captive audience. So mm-hmm. like after we show a movie, that's the end of the transaction. So yeah. if we want to show other stuff that maybe we didn't get the license for, but now that transaction's over, we can watch yep. whatever we want because it's just friends in our living room. Yeah. So uh, we actually hand selected. Uh, we did a panel after that. It was like four of us. <clears throat> so we did a panel after the movie, talked about the movie and the show. And each of us actually hand selected an episode, and uh, we watched it after the movie uh, in, the, in the theater. Yeah, Golly, and so dude. I uh, uh, I did uh, Pierre Lafoe. Mm, yes, I, just, this episode's so strange to me. I don't know why. It's like eerie, uh, but I mean, there's episodes like that, like Toys in the Attic. Yeah, um, you know, it's like the aliens inspired, mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily have anything to do with like progressing the storyline, yeah. but it's just I don't know. It, it was. Kind of speaks to what you're saying about like how not everything's serialized. Yeah. So, but the movie's very much like that. I feel like in some ways it's kind of like a, a, the uh, villain's like a bizarro vicious. There we you know go. I mean? Yes. Like this is what would happen if he put all his efforts into Spike. Right on. Throughout the series. And, and it does feel like that. Like, cause bef- like I, we talked off air before, like Dragon Ball Z just has these films and i keep hoping and this is 2018 <laughs> i'm i'm hoping that even uh dragon ball super the broly movie is going to tie into the series but we know that's not going to happen <laughs> yeah well but, we'll see i don't know <laughs> but cowboy bebop kind of felt like you knew that this wasn't going to tie in you knew that this was an adventure set outside but it's still related to the characters because the whole show kind of describes their journey as a person how they grow because it's 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 jet and spike then Faye, then Ed, then ein and they come together as a group and then they kind of dissipate off, yeah and then we have this film um but yeah that's damn good film dude it, i mean it, it is it's like a the series feels like an anthology because yeah. it's not necessarily serialized and you can kind of watch an episode here and there mm-hmm. But I always thought that if you showed some of the movie, it was a good representation of what they could expect with the show. Yeah. yeah. I think Josh Kane mm-hmm. um, is a mutual friend of ours, Animation yeah. Station podcast. Shout out to them. Shout out. Um, he, uh, I'm, I'm, I can't remember if it was ep- his episode, maybe it was your episode that y'all did of Cowboy Bebop. Someone, some podcast I listened to, they talked about an interesting thing that they would like to see was a prequel. Was that you guys or was that Josh maybe? Dude, I can't remember. Because, okay, I so mean, someone... we've, we've talked about it before. I don't know if we talked about it on air, but a prequel would be amazing. Well, yeah, it was kind of talking about um, it would be Jet and his ISSP days and mm-hmm. Spike and his syndicate days. Uh, and like yeah. kind of like how they're intertwined and at the end it could be like them coming together. And then that's the beginning of Bebop. Yeah. But I was like, bruh. Because, like, I've, you know, you hear people talk about doing remakes and another movie, like, different stuff. But a prequel like that, I was like, dude, that would be pretty lit. Yeah. Because, again, you're getting the story that you haven't seen, but is the driving force for the series and the film to come. And, like, I'm I'm not going to lie, like, a sword versus a gun. And then the way that Spike, his intellect with not only like the martial side of the Jeet Kune Do, but also being within the mafia, being able to use a pistol and then think ahead. Like, it, like God, I don't think I've seen an anime use weapons from one singular character the way that Spike does with the grenades. and Because uh, you see, like, Jigen from Lupin Third, he's he's a, a master marksman. Right. You'll see um, uh, Goemon with the sword, but 
Spike has a way of utilizing his entire surrounding, and it plays oh, to... Yeah. He's like MacGyver. Yeah, yeah, there you go. The plays to the whole, like, symphony of Jeet Kune Do. Right. And it is, that would be amazing. It's very much like that free flow of jazz, too, because yeah. under yeah. the... Under the visual of a lot of that, we get a lot of like these jazz tones and jazz and at its core is very free flow and mm-hmm. like, you know, open ended. Yeah. And he's like fluid like that, you know, like that Jet Li type sh- or uh, Bruce Lee type shit. Yeah. And I think, you know, what sp- sticks out specifically for that, like as an example, is like in the movie, um, that fight scene with he- when he has the broom. The broom. Yeah, that's exactly what The, the blue jumpsuit and the broom. And he's just going and going and going. And you're like, this man is bad. I seen him use his hands. <laughs> I've seen him shoot. I've seen him with grenades, but this man is bad. And it's He's not like up crime, baby. It's not like they push a lot of him always using a weapon and always doing something specific to Jeet Kune Do. Again, like you said, it's just free flow. Like this is Spike in the moment. And Spike is a bounty hunter that can make shit happen. And he doesn't go back because I feel like it's it's almost like Trigun. When you see Vash turn back into Vash the Stampede, when it's like he flips a switch. Yeah. And you never really see that with Spike, you just see him adapt and overcome in those events. He he's pissed. You get that raw emotion, but it's not that you don't feel like he's back in like the, the syndicate. syndicate yeah. Right. That is true, and there's something to say. Um, actually, a friend of the show, a uh, guy that's been on several episodes. I think he actually said that he he knew you. Maybe went to school with you. His name's uh, Casey McElroy. Mm-hmm. He's a good buddy of mine from college. Uh, but, I don't uh, know who you're talking. No, yeah, Casey. <laughs> fuck you, Casey. No. <laughs> um, he was talking about. Um, the one way that you can, or the two ways, I guess, that you can set off Spike is if you say Julia mm, yeah. or Vicious. Yep. And it's just like, it, it's such a, a testament to like the storytelling because, you know, he's so like devil may care type, like, like I don't really care about anything. Yeah. But man, when you say that, like his whole like body language and shit changes. So you're like, oh shit. Like, you expect for him to have that trench coat on and, the, and the, he to, him to flip the collar up right? and then walk <laughs> slowly and be like, oh, you're fucked. Face all shadowed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, but man, shout out to that show. It's been, you know, that's one, like I said, it'll mm-hmm. come up every single time, I'm sure. It's my, that's like, that's my diehard for Christmas. Like every Christmas I go through and I watch it. Sometimes like I'll fall asleep to Cowboy Bebop. And then all the songs, I think there's like 102 songs, like right. from the seatbelt, the pillows, Yoko, uh, yeah, Yoko. Um, I just go through and listen to them sometimes, just fall asleep. But that show is like the top tier classic. That's Prince and Michael Jackson on a music front. <laughs> right. And then the anime, like, that's like Akira Toriyama saying, I bless you with this. And, <laughs> and I know that, like, Akira, just because that I had that pull with, with DBZ, that's going to be my god for, right for anime creators. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that Cowboy Bebop dude is phenomenal. Like, my wife got tired of me trying to shove it down her throat. And then she started getting into anime, and she's like, I kind of like it, but... Let's just watch one episode. Let's not watch five right. like in one setting. She can't marathon the shit. Yeah, is that Watanabe? Is that the guy that did uh, Bebop? Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's actually like, isn't he consulting on like that uh, Blade Runner anime? Yep, that's yep. just gonna be fucking crazy. Oh, well, speaking of like a new thing, did you see? It was like a a new clip. I thought it was like a Yu Yu Hakusho pre pre-story yeah, what I've, was that i don't i don't know exactly what it was i didn't i watched part of it at work and then i was just like i kind of fell off watching it but it was like what i was watching was like hiei and karama 
Like the I backstory. I don't know what it was, but I was like, what the fuck is this? I don't know if it has the backstory. I saw that Yusuke was back in the demon world talking to, and I can't remember the names, but it's like the big demon that looks like an ogre from uh, from hell. Oh, yeah. And DBZ. HFIL. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the, the female uh, ogre or demon with him, and they were reaching out to Yusuke because now there's another powerful demon. Right. And I think it, it should have... <sighs> I, w- I want to say that I, I don't know if I saw the clip, but I read that it shows Karama and Hiei when they first met before, yeah. and they were fighting, like sword fighting, yeah. and Hiei lost to Karama, but they joined forces before you. Uh, That's exactly Yuhaku what happened, show. yeah. I watched so. up to that point, and then I was at work, so I had to work. <laughs> mm. But yeah, I think I was like at lunch or eating lunch or something, and I just watched part of it, and then I was going to watch the rest later and just never finished it, but... Yeah, it was like young Karama, and mm-hmm. he's like it's in school, like he's blending in with people, and like a demon attacks, and then Hiei attacks Karama, mm-hmm. thinking that he's the bad guy, uh, and then they both team up and fight another guy. But I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like someone shared it on Facebook, and I was like, "What?" I love those when they bring bring stuff back, <laughs> when they bring those because uh, one thing that I say about Yu Yu show is that it was just so diverse and and in the aspect like not only the characters but ass whoopings too because like right off the bat use case starts fighting demons then he fights a transgender demon he fights homosexuals and like all these other um different kind of uh cultures or, or within the spectrum right on races that had oh, everybody not was been. running his fade though everybody yeah. was trying to get in that get in the blows <laughs> they were uh but they hadn't been introduced before like that right in like one series and use k was always the same like, i don't care who you are but i'm gonna kick your ass <laughs> and that's that's his tone it doesn't An equal matter. opportunity ass kicker exactly and i love that about him <laughs> going from delinquent to uh somebody of that didn't have to hide his character anymore. Like Keiko knew who he was, but he didn't have to hide it anymore. And, and Botan could see it, and so could Kawima, and they brought it out and said, hey, this is who I am. And by the end of that saga, you see this totally different relationship right. between him and everybody there. Um, and then they kind of give you a hint of him and uh, his mom and his dad and all that stuff. But you see this this whole world transformed by somebody that just wanted to do the right thing. Right. So, well, it's just like the whole basis of it. Like, we were not ready for you to die because you're not supposed to do this because you're a piece yeah, of shit. that was out of character. You <laughs> stepped in front to save a kid. Right. But, yeah, that, it's just like funny, too, at the beginning because we're like, oh, you know, yeah, the kid would have been all right. He was like, what? And then I... Th- you died for nothing. <laughs> and they pull, like, uh, have you seen Konosuba? I haven't. Konosuba does the same thing. Like, it's a kid who's a neat... So he's the only reason he's going outside the house is because there's a new video came out. So he goes get it. There's a girl walking in front of him. They're on like the side of the road and they're crossing. And he thinks his car is getting ready to hit her. So he pushes out of the way. Next thing you know, he wakes up in kind of like a little purgatory. She's like, hi, I'm the goddess Aqua. I'm the goddess of uh, lost souls that die young. And she's like, you're in the afterlife. And he's like, he's like, well, how is the girl? How's the girl that I saved? She's like, oh, uh, she's fine. He's like, well, I'm glad that I didn't die for nothing. She's like, what do you mean? Like, she she would uh, she wouldn't have got hit by the tractor. <laughs> and he's like, tractor. She's like, yeah, you pushed her out of the way of a tractor. The tractor would have swerved. She actually would have lived with less uh, scrapes than what she got when you pushed her. And she's like, so I got hit by a tractor. Oh no, you died of shock. And he's like, you see his body twitch and stuff. So <laughs> on the the reverse side, they make a joke of his death. Right. 
And so now his botan is basically an asshole because she's like, oh, she's like laughing. She's like, oh, the doctors laugh while you died. Your family's laughing because you peed on yourself. And ha ha ha. Oh my God. And, and then she goes, <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad I, I've, I've finished vetting. So, okay, so this is what we're going to do. And then it kind of goes from that that perspective. But I they pulled kind of heavily from that first uh, yeah, encounter sounds, you got. Sounds like show. carbon copy almost. Yeah. I think I remember you guys maybe were talking about the show whenever you had me on. Because doesn't he get to like choose like something and he yeah. chooses aqua? Yes. Okay, I remember yeah. you talking about this. I, I haven't checked it out yet, but I remember you talking about it for sure. It's it's a funny little... It, it was the beginning, I think, of the you die and come back in another world. That trope. Yeah, that yeah. big boom. I uh, So one that you were talking to me about earlier was I wanted to touch on, because I've been wanting to check this out, but I haven't checked it out yet. It was like that that time I got reincarnated as slime. Yes. So this shit looks crazy, bro, but I haven't <laughs> checked it out yet. Um, for maybe people like me and like uh, people listening that haven't checked it out, uh, talk talk to that. Like, God. What's up with that show? Like, Should people check it out or what? The show is amazing because you, you meet this worker. You don't know what he does, but really in the first episode, the first like five minutes, he dies. So he dies, and uh, his his junior at this company was basically getting ready to show off that he got a girlfriend before him. He's a thirty seven year old virgin. He's Jesus. never, yeah, he's never had a girlfriend, never had sex, and he dies. But through the process of him dying, uh, which you guys will have to watch, he gains these abilities. And what happens is he um, is reincarnated as a slime. He's like, "What is this? Where's my body?" He's like. Am I a slime? He's like, he looks in some water. He's like, yep, I'm a slime. And so he does what a slime does for a few days, but he has this unique ability called Predator. And that's based off of him dying. So anything that he consumes, he can gain access to their skills. And basically, it's kind of like a a more comedic version of Overlord. Like he's OP as hell. And <laughs> and you see the world he's trying to create, which it's so it's so weird that he's that noble being reincarnated because we really don't know what his life is before, but he wants to create a world where everybody's equal. And I think that's what it says in the synopsis as well. But he dies, comes back at a slime, and then it's just like this this deal is world building episode by episode. They're not too long. They're not over convoluted. You get to know what you need to know, and it moves on to the next one. So it's a very uh, nice-paced flowing anime that has phenomenal artwork but it still pulls from some of those those old type storylines because it's going to build and build and build and you're not going to be uh displeased or turned off by it so like this was so close to being my anime of the year <laughs> damn it's, it's really good, really huh? good yeah and only uh i think episode 12 came out monday i'm not sure if they're going to do a 13 episode are they doing simul dub or is it just uh subbed just sub right now i'll check it out still. yeah 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 is that yeah. verve or what Yes, yes, okay. it is. Uh, you can go there and watch it. Uh, that's actually where we, where we watch and we're catching yeah, up with episode yeah, 12 before nice. we came up here. So, yeah. I was watching, I just started Goblin Slayer. Oh, yeah. So that's rough, but well, yeah. I don't really well, want to talk about that show. Wait, wait what episode <laughs> are you on? Uh, the, the third, second or third. Oh, yeah, you're past, like, the rough, rough That show was crazy. It was. When it started, I was like, ooh. And First was, 10 minutes, like, oh, all right. I was like, is this Claymore? Is this Berserk? And I was like, ah, <laughs> no, no, nah, it's not. But it's, I like that show, too, the way that they tell the story, because it's almost like a little bit of Pulp Fiction at moments, where you're getting these these back history stories, but you don't really know until you're, like, in that story. Like, oh, this is what happened. That's what happened. And, 
but you also get other perspectives of like normal people in that world. Like that's not how you ask somebody a question. That's not how you do this. Why is this person, why is the goblin slayer act this way? And that's what you're right. going to get over the course of the season. So yeah, man, keep, keep, keep oh, going yeah, through. I just it. fell off just cause like other shit came up and yeah, no, I've that's... been watching, uh, <laughs> I've been watching, um, just movies whenever we're going to show shit up here. I usually try to watch the movie before we screen it mm-hmm. so I can get like my talking points and shit. Hey, the life of a podcaster. I understand completely. I know. Market research. I'll drink to that. <laughs> um, no, but you really touched on the whole like basis behind my show is that the reason I wanted to talk about the, these two things, music and anime, is because, yeah, like low key, that was like not the cool shit to be into back in the day. Yeah. So like, if you watched anime or like red manga, like you're like the weird kid or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of parallels with that in music because oh, if yeah. you're not listening to what everybody else is like listening to or like, like what the fuck's wrong? Not with you? like the status quo, people are like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. why are you listening to that weird shit? Yeah. I'm like, dude, I like it. And it's it's so weird that we're in, in a time now where like there's such a debate between old heads and new heads yeah, in music. That's true. Because you wouldn't you wouldn't have got that. If you didn't have your small group of people that were listening to Slipknot or if you were listening like me and Rich are listening to anime stuff, or if you're listening to uh, fuck Buddy Rich or Glenn Miller, yeah. Like you're you're like you're like, What are you what are you talking about? That's not music. And now you're just like when M came out with Kamikaze, I was like, Oh, this is speaking to me because that's how I feel <laughs> about today's climate with Hip hop, like you can do anything, which is cool. We didn't have the means to make videos or make music like that, but at the same time, do they have the same subtext or con- con- uh, uh, content as as what we were listening to? Right. Like, are you guys really telling a story, or do you guys just want to be rich? Because I talk about this with like like sociology with a few people, not like I teach, but it's like. You ask somebody what they want to be when they grow up, and they say famous. Like, what does that mean? Like, right. famous with content? It's not content? a profession. Yeah, like famous with content, or do you want to be like uh, the Price is Right, one dollar, Bob, and you get you get up there or <laughs> one dollar, Drew, yeah, and just get that shine, get a little bit of money, and be done. Right. Uh, but yeah, the climate is is hot now with music. Well, yeah, and it's. I mean, we've talked about the phenomenon before of the accessibility of music. Now, um, we mm-hmm. see success stories like Chance the Rapper off like SoundCloud and shit yeah. like that. But you also have like fucking Cheddar to connect, <laughs> doing his bullshit ass, uh, sneaking and geeking or whatever the fuck song he did. <laughs> and so you now everyone has a platform, whereas there was much, you know, there's a lot more gatekeepers back in the day, yeah, which qu- kept the quality high. To be honest, that's what like we. But now it's like any fucking Joe Schmo with like Logic and a SoundCloud can put their yeah. shit out. Yeah, that is true. Be the next little Yachty. And the, yeah, don't get me. Oh, Not a fan. Dude. I was I was about to start saying something like Yachty, but I couldn't even bring myself. <laughs> Doesn't matter how much Keep I drink. Keep his name out of yeah, my mouth. Exactly. Like, but you need those gatekeepers uh, for accountability, right? Like, and even if you don't want to, re- like, uh, we'll, we'll we'll say this. We'll use some Dragon Ball Z stuff. Like, if you want that that Gohan, like, I don't want to tap into my my Saiyan history. I don't want to <laughs> know it. I want to just do it as a human. That's cool. But still, think about have some foresight and I feel like without the gatekeepers without thinking about accountability or having an actually uh, like a clear plan and and learning music there's no way for you to actually 
see towards something that could be grander because your first album your first couple of songs is supposed to lead you somewhere not just like oh this is the dream it's cool making that content and that's the same thing in podcasting it's cool being able to sit down beside behind a mic and then get that first episode out you got the adrenaline pumping but what are you going to do where's the longevity going to come right because like uh, when we started three years ago it was like, okay, you have to be in the game 10 years before people actually start listening and picking up. And I feel like we've kind of expediated it, but it's because we want to be of higher quality. So when market research comes out for podcasting, whether it's from Podbeam or Lipson, we're studying that stuff. We're having conversation with those people. Same thing if we're using Patreon or if we're, we're talking to the CEO on Fridays when they have their, their webinars, because we're trying to learn how to provide better content because right. we'll talk to you guys regardless. But how do we talk to more fans like we are? Like, man, what do you think? Okay, is Brawley going to die in this film? Or is he going to live? Right. Or is he going to be the guy of destruction? <laughs> Just then, like nerding out about it before. Yeah. Like it comes out, you're like, what What could be? But if we're not the gatekeepers of our own content, then it doesn't, it doesn't flourish. And there's a lot of people in OKC that have podcasts that have stopped podcasting because, like you, like you said earlier, it was a hobby and they didn't gatekeep. And I feel like music has demolish some of those gates like oh they're old they ain't got no rhymes like method man will still get on the mic so will red man well, so fucking will rip any like little yachty or little uzi little any of the little people <laughs> out right now even the old little scrappy can go out get out here and rip uh, on people like come on man like dude miss me with that bullshit yeah like it, it's it's one of those deals like ah uh, there's so much you can go into like females think it's more about the sexuality. Right. I like a female rapper. A little Kim type shit. Yeah. I like like it's okay to have that sexuality, but I don't know. I don't feel like I'm the type of man that's gonna just spend money because you're shaking your ass or doing this. Like, what are your licks? Like, there's even, no substance to it. Like Cardi B and shit like that. Dude, like I will say this: Cardi B has figured out how to change rhythm within her rhymes and her rap to make it more interesting than what fucking. Nicki Minaj is doing. Oh that. yeah, fair enough. I'll, I'll meet you on that. Yeah, because I listen to Nicki stuff, and I was like, me and my wife were like, man, <laughs> turn this bullshit off. But at the same time, it's like Cardi's already said, like, this is something I want to do after stripping. This is what I want to do, and so I'm gonna try to be the best I can be, and that that might be the best she can do. But at least she's honest with herself on where she is in the game. She's like, I'm not the best rapper this. I just want to have fun. Okay, that's cool. Migos go back and forth every now and then. Their right. beats are nice. and But some of the time you're like, uh, like Stir Fire is really, really like repetitive. Walk like, it like I talk it, bro. Come on. Yeah. I, I like I'm the like, beat. Ah. I like the beat. And I will do something on the beat. I might freestyle over the beat. I might do whatever. Right. But it's not... It's not the same There's as no substance. Yeah, KRS One. You're not. You're not sitting there putting that same kind right. of thought in there. You're not doing the same thing as as any of these guys that came before you because it's the the era of being famous. Well, yeah, and it's just like the you know speaking of like the lyrical content and just having substance to the music, especially with like female. Like you're saying, I mean, there's been people like Missy Elliott's been around for years. Ooh. Lauren Hill. Man, don't give me the Fuji's. Don't give me started. We, uh, on I have a friend whose wife is a school teacher. I, I think I brought this up on the show before. She wrote an entire lesson plan on the miseducation of Lauren Hill to teach to her English mm -hmm. class. I mean, that's how profound the impact yeah. that this woman's music has had on people. That mm -hmm. they're teaching the shit. In, it's just in textbooks now. Yeah, not it's it's not that shit. Like any fucking shit that. 
Little Yachty is doing right now. It's not gonna be in a textbook in twenty exactly. years. Like, come on. Because he can't. And Tupac's like, in my poetry book when I was in college. Like, that's crazy, bro. Yeah, and people don't understand that. Like, they want to. Like, I want to be in that book. I want to do this. I want to talk at this. Like, I want to give a a speech at this graduation. Like, but why though? What do you have to say that's impactful? Because you were in the right place at the right time with the right right rhyme or or beats. And people gravitated to her because that's where the the landscape is now. The climate has settled right there. And it's not even, I tell people, don't say the work that I do is good because good is average. I never put average effort into the shit that I do. Whether I, I treat things like my marriage. My marriage has to be on point. Every day we have to get better. As a couple, I have to get better as a husband. I have to get better as, as a uh, fur father with my dogs. <laughs> so ass. when I when I put effort into my things, it's never going to be good or average. Uh, and so don't associate me with those terms. Now, other people are like, man, how's that sound? That sounds good. Like, okay, so you're saying your shit is good. Well, okay, let's go for great now. Let's go for excellent. Because you can always give effort. And I feel like the cap on effort has been lowered so far that they want high-ass expectations, but they don't want to put in the work because right it's work. No, I mean, and it's just like the phenomenon of there's definitely greatness in the generation that came after, like, the 90s, 2000s. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got guys like J. Cole. J. Cole's great. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah. Here and there, logic, I can get behind. I like him. Mm-hmm. Um. I'd say I probably hitched my wagon to J. Cole, though, because he's great. Yeah. But someone that you tabbed is, like, being, like, a, you know, one that you were, like, very into is Outkast. Yeah. And, I mean, that's just the great thing about Outkast is outwardly the the lack of ego with those guys because you it's time and time again people try to pin those guys against each other. Always. And it's like, why why do you have to ask Big Boy why – three sex is better or like vice versa or like who's better at you two yeah. and time and time again you see those guys being like the biggest advocates for the other guy yeah th- that divisiveness. Like, man those guys are just from like a different different time though those guys are cut from a different cloth though, they are like and that's the only way that you beat them yeah is is trying to separate them but i mean like the genres that they hit that's what i was gonna say like the Fuck, the type dude. of shit like that they, they were into like out. the different the different type of shit they were doing it's almost like Kind of like the far side, you know, like the samples they were using yeah. was just like, oh, shit. This is like, I think, specific. I mean, not to get off of Outcast, no, but far side, like, passing me by. That mm-hmm. song specifically uses, like, five samples. Yeah. And one of the samples is just, like, white noise from, like, a jazz record. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, why it's, would you use that? But that's just, like, the kind of vibe and, like, work those guys were putting into it. Same with Outcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have shit like AT Aliens. Oh, um, dude. Even, like, the title track. Man, you're like, like, what the fuck is this song? Because it starts off with like that fire igniting, and you're like, mm-hmm. what is this? And then it jumps into the beat. But you know that also stem like, and not to get off out- Outcast, but Wu Tang did the same thing. Exactly, bringing everybody together that had like these different wordsmiths that were sitting there forging and sharpening their iron as they went through each one of these these songs, each one of these albums, and and it's it's the diversity in like because Kendrick Lamar is killing it, right. I feel like his diversity comes from speaking truths versus him having to change. Because if you listen to each one of his songs, there's a 
singularity, his identity is very clear cut there. And the way that he wants to speak to you, he'll speak to you. But with Outkast, with Wu Tang, with with these these wordsmiths, they can speak to you different fronts. If you want to be classy and hostility, I can hit you that way. If you want to get down and do the jazz shit, I can hit you that way. If you want straight up hood rap, then I'm going to show you where I'm from and I'll get in here with you. But I can speak and convey my message many different ways. And again, that's something that's lost today, but it's something that's so unique that always pulled me in that like you, if it wasn't like anime in, in middle school and on through when I was at home, then Outcast was on like, cause BET was, was BET at the time. You had everybody yeah. trying to, you, you know, Ja Rule hit it with his voice. <laughs> the cookie monster as yeah. a rapper. <laughs> yeah. His voice. I'll leave me without you. Yeah. Oh, please don't do that one. <laughs> Somebody asked Ja, where's Ja? Where is Ja? (laughs) But yeah, like he he tried to hit it with his voice. But you can see, like, these guys didn't stop. They evolved to actors, they evolved to writers. Entrepreneurs, man. Yeah, exactly. And kept going. Like, I feel like I'm torn on Diddy. Really? Yeah, I'm torn on Diddy because I felt like there's so much more in the tank that he wasn't ready for the jump that he took. I felt like he had another couple of years before he moved on to being the entrepreneur mogul right. band and Ciroc, group. right? Does he do Ciroc? Yeah. Sean John. But I mean, you got to <laughs> you, you strike the iron wise hot, right? Uh, Timberland did the same thing. But, and, and, but he had Left put Magoo in the time. Left Magoo behind, man. <laughs> what, and, where is Magoo? Where is Ja? Where is Magoo? <laughs> they are sitting beside <laughs> each other, sitting, uh, sipping drinks. <laughs> but I mean, you had these people that had like so much more that moved at different times that you wanted to kind of hear more from. And some people played out like Outkast, went ahead and played all the way through before, like, you know what? Right. I'm getting ready to do this. And there's nothing you can say. Like, we want more music from you, but we can't say anything because you've left us a history so fucking deep, so iconic that you'll be remembered forever because nobody can ever come close to replicating that. Right. Well, just like the progression with them specifically, speaking to outcasts. I mean, if you just listen, I was default to AT Aliens just because that's my shit. Like, my brother had that album and. It's like one of those things of being a product of your environment growing up that my brother had that album. And so I used to listen to those songs all the time. But to listen to that and then like take to like Speaker Box, Love Below, Mm, um, the way you move, like that was like a full arrangement, like horns and shit. Like you're like, God damn. But it's like you were saying, it was like both ends of the thing. Like this Mm -hmm. shit's really polished. Whereas... Shouldn't they aliens? He's like shouting yeah. out to his his uh, cousin in prison. Yeah, like. it's just so like viscerally raw, right? Like, and I think my love for the unique came from like when I was really really getting into hip hop because I dropped off a little. Like you know, it's it's back in the the breaking days and yeah, Jam Master J and, <laughs> and uh, Curtis Blow. The uh, the um what <laughs> uh, do you ever listen to any Donald Glover's? Mm-hmm. He's yeah. talking about. I went down to the hat store and bought myself a hat. Yeah. Like making fun of like how like, like old rap is just yeah. saying nothing. Yeah, they're not saying nothing, but it was a nice beat. And then you could just go on forever. I feel like Bohemian Rhapsody and fucking Rapper's Delight, the long ass tracks. <laughs> like, and they're still iconic on both ends of the spectrum. But like I got hit with like too short and fucking E40. And then my ear changed to like God. I know specific E40. unique. Uh, 
like E forty verbification. Yeah, like, his like, his slang. I mean, don't get I don't fuck with E forty too much, but don't get his fucking wordplay twisted though. Yeah, and his voice just cracks me up. Mobbing all day. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's Book exactly it. And then you know exactly <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly who that is. And then Too Short was just like raw and raw. He is the the better version of Uncle Luke with hip hop. But he still has some like some stuff. Like my favorite uh, Too Short song is Invasion of the Flat Booty Bitches. <laughs> it's fucking it's, it's like, like comedy. Yeah, kind of like, like Slick fly. Rick. It it came through. Slick Rick. Yeah. It was it was comedic, and I was like, he's like. Uh, God, man, man, shout out to Slick Rick, by the Slick way. Slick Rick, man. I, I love him. The freaking drip was real. <laughs> yeah. The fucking eye patch yes. with the big ass gold chain. Dude. And just made shit. Untouchable, real. bro. It was it was like all these different voices just pulled me in. And then I feel like like even though I was younger and in middle school and everything else, like Outcast was just like kind of peerish they were like the older brothers and then everybody else started rolling out like that like they were older brothers with a unique voice that i heard from my uncles before but now let's leave the bay area and let's go to atl let's go right. over here and and, <laughs> and start looking for specific unique voices because i uh, i think snoop said it before he's like yeah i was i listen to all these rap, da, 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 these rappers and then i was yeah. in the studio like da, da, da. he's like what they the tried fuck? to get him to do the mumble yeah. rap thing yeah and he's like he's like that ain't that ain't even me and i don't do you, that shit yeah and i remember you, that interview when you hear that and you're like yeah i want to hear somebody unique and you go to now where it's like everybody sounds the same because everybody wants everybody wants to be in the cut they want to be right. in this in this pocket we're like oh i listen to that i listen to that but it all sounds the same and there's no individuality like for my ear i can appreciate the beats i can appreciate you know, some of the stuff that's said and uh but i can't appreciate the non-uniqueness because there's there's something when you hear somebody speak unique that speaks to your soul and i'm very driven by music like if i'm having a bad day like to kill my anxiety and shit is music music in my ear if something's going on like if i'm geeked up i'm listening to something real energetic higher it might even be like uh, mega ran and doing some video game shit or if it's a bad day you might slow it down and might listen to some uh temptations i wish it were rain <laughs> you know it's, throwback shit yeah just like what would be this or you know what i don't even want to hear words i want instrumental so i'm going to buddy rich glenn miller going um to um shit, I might pull up some instrumental on Elvis or instrumental on the Rat Pack and just listen to that stuff. So to hear something that's not so individually driven and is just fucking cookie cutter, it kind of <laughs> turns me off. Right. But I can kind of understand because it's like, you know, I'm old enough now. I don't have to just sit here and listen to the basic she, 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 yeah. she, she, she. She, yeah, it's like I'm, I'm gonna say she five times, but they're gonna be <laughs> high and low. It's like, but you're saying the same thing. I could just get the instrumental version of that, and I can put some lyrics over it, like something that I heard from Jim Master J or Curtis Blow, or, <laughs> or some that I like Outcast. Outcast like changing up that beat and pace, and it's like almost every time in their video they would stop and look at you and be like, "Hey, we're hitting you with some real shit right now." This should this should be what you aspire to be. Like whether you're listening to it now when it came out on uh, what was it? Uh, God, B what was, what was the B T shirt? One hundred five, one hundred six and part. Yeah, yeah. Or, or Rap City or the Basement. Exactly. Or if you're listening to this in two thousand and twenty, 
You, I should be able to look at you and you right know on. you need some unique shit in your life. Well, shout out to Uncut, too. Did you ever watch yes, that? Yes, yes. I always watch that Hope and Tip Drill came on. <laughs> Must be ass because it ain't your face. <laughs> need a tip drill. <laughs> I need a tip drill. Yes. Or uh, Pussy Poppin' by Ludacris. You know, and I joke around. I was like, these are going to be gold oldies when we get old. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I said, bitch better have my money. Yeah, you guys. Oh. Play at our uh, family reunion. Exactly. Played at my funeral. Played at your <laughs> sister's wedding. We're going to have a good old time. Doing the electric slide to it. <laughs> no, I mean, there's definitely something to be said about. And, you know, like the guys that have had a profound impact, especially, I think we're going to start seeing, uh, I, I think we have seen it, people tabbing them as an influence. Mm-hmm. Like now and in the coming years of like people saying, yeah, I was like big into Outcast when I was growing up. Even with like, okay, for example, ASAP Ferg did. Yeah. Oh, we talked. I think you put this on your on your yep. playlist, actually. Um, he did. Uh, what was that song he did? That was like uh, it was like the Three Six Mafia joint. Ooh, um, um, fuck. Uh, Hum to Allah. What's that song? Yeah. Uh, Plain Jane. Plain Jane, yep. So that song Plain Jane is like super reminiscent of uh, that slob on my knob. Yeah. Like corn on on the the cob. cob. It's the same like BPM. Mm -hmm. And I saw like an interview with Ferg where he was talking about how he always thought that beat was like iconic. Yeah. And so everybody's like fucking with that BPM right now. So he just like flipped that, but then kept that. That, yeah. Suck my dick or whatever on the the chorus. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that's crazy. Because I remember when I first heard that song, I was like, I was like, wait a second, what? like this sounds so familiar. Like, what is this song? Because as soon as I heard that, I went to Project Pat and was playing Chicken Head. <laughs> like, what? Chicken, 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 chicken. What? What? Chicken Head. <laughs> but Boy, we just talk, man. Yeah, that's man. funny to hear like the influence of that. Yeah. And even I think of like popping my collar. Yeah. And that song just goes. But the beginning of that song cracks me up every time because he says. Um, when it comes to getting bread, I got the keys to the bakery. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, bro. Like, but <laughs> it's kind of a bar, but at the same time, I'm like, come on. No. But he's, he's just letting you know. She you said know. I was crunchy black and it was all good. <laughs> Have you seen him? Yeah. He is crunchy black. Like, that's is. the most appropriate rap name I've ever seen. Dude looks like <sighs> Burnt King Lear. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, man, that's funny. <laughs> but yeah, like, it's cool to see. People bringing in, or um, did you, are, are you a fan of Travis Scott at all? Yeah. I'm kind of back and forth <clears throat> on him. That same. But sicko mode, um, you said that you kind of, you talked about Uncle Luke earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he has that shout out to don't, st- says don't stop, pop that pussy. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah. the, that's when right. I'm in the 305, bitches treat me like I'm Uncle Luke. So I was yeah. like, oh, shit. Yeah. You got to show some respect, prop. But yeah. So yeah, you hear like some of those things. And to me, I, I've always been a fan of like, like deep cuts. Yeah, like people, like I like the track and I like to hear like the beat or whatever and that's cool. But like when you hear what people are saying and you're like, oh shit, like I picked up on what mm-hmm. you're saying there. Like you're like paying you're homage to like the old school shit. Yeah. And that's that's a cool thing because you know somebody studied. Because that's what they used to call you studied the game. Like even if you're not rapping like Jeb Master J, you studied so that way your, your shit could be on point. Like this is the kind of beat. And, it, and it's so interesting like or two four, what like what what's the tempo, what's the rhythm? And you hear people putting that kind of deal kind of effort. And it doesn't matter if you write it down, if you memorize it, whatever it is, put that effort and study your craft. Like for me, like when I was in band, I was a hard worker for certain things. <laughs> in band, 
I didn't want expectations set on me because when you put expectations on me, then it's like, fuck. So I was always good enough to hear something and play it and be it like number the first or second chair in the second band. But I did not have to go to symphonic band where my ass would have to work every day because right. I was playing football and doing martial arts at the same you just time. Like set that. Yeah. Just set. good enough to just coast. But when I went in jazz band, that was completely. And it's so weird how my mind worked like. Second band, that's cool. I'm playing trigger or double trigger trombone. I'm going to belt this out. I got a good set of lungs. I can hear what's going on. I know blah, blah, blah. I don't even have to pay it. Sometimes, like, because of... just coasting. Yeah, because of sports, I'd be, like, sleep, and I hear something in my ear, and I wake up and then be right on point to play. But in jazz band, I was like, man, we need to play Serpentine Fire. We need to play uh, some Ron Isley. We need to play some of this. And so we're playing that, and I would take my ass home and, like, practice my ass right. off for jazz. Because gave a fuck about it. Yeah, exactly. But it, it's going back and it's like, I'm not a drummer and I always use Buddy Rich, but I'm listening to, to Buddy Rich, his improv versus like what's written in the music for him. Uh, same thing, like Vernon White from Earth, Wind & Fire, like I'm playing trombone, not the bass, but I'm going to listen and see how he picks it up. And I feel like in my world, sometimes that sound equates with the color. And that color is how the music should sound. And sometimes you can hear that, like, when M is just going in and you know he's speaking some truth, that shit goes from red to black real quick. <laughs> and those black notes are real staccato. They really hit the point. And then you get that old slim shady blue and green, like in my head. But he's paid respect. And he's learned how to tell the story. He's learned how to rhyme in such a way where it's intellectual it's not just like hey day may yay little <laughs> ya tay way way like, you know it's not something that is just like like three-year-old four-year-olds can do yeah like nothing bars is what i call them yeah there we go nothing bars and i we give them away for free you don't have to it's not 25 cents not, <laughs> you can't buy these at walmart this is just giving away from free yeah but it, it's so so just indicative of the climate of an actual artist putting in that time to study your past, putting in that time to just study your crowd. Even if you don't go all the way back, if you listen to somebody say, hey, I like how they did that, what is that? And then that leads to producing. Right. And well, that's where you get like a lot of the Daft Punks and stuff. But mm -hmm. You see, even like, um, oh. I mean, I guess you could stake with ASAP Mob. Uh, Rocky did every day. The song Rod Stewart originally did. He sampled yeah. that shit. Even had Rod Stewart on the track. Yeah. But he kind of flipped it to be modern because he had Miguel sing the hook mm -hmm. after the intro. And he's kind of cutting uh, cutting Rod Stewart yeah. in and out. But it's Miguel, Rod Stewart, and mm -hmm. and Rocky all yeah. on that track. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, I never would have thought Rod Stewart would do a song with ASAP Rocky. Exactly. And it's, it's just like when you get songs like that, it makes you feel like hope isn't lost. In music, because again, I feel like music, like whether you're watching a movie, like film scores, like my, like it was hard to come up with this playlist because I have so <laughs> many plays. Like I have the Red Dead Redemption 2 soundtrack, I have the Spider Man uh, PS4 soundtrack, I'll have like Blues Brothers soundtrack, uh, then I'll have uh, anime stuff, anime trap music, uh, hip hop, rock. Um, it's old school techno shit. Like, it's hard to figure out kind of what I want to listen to by how I'm feeling. But when you hear things like this, it gives you sense like my emotions will never die out. 
Like my my expression will never die out because these people put time and effort into it, and then the stuff that just comes out because it's just it's just a pop song. You sweep that stuff, you know, underneath. And sometimes a pop star will have something with a catchy beat, and you're like, ah, oh, I like the beat. Just give me the instrumental. Shit, we could <laughs> we could have gave this to somebody else to actually do something with. But it, it just it continues to give hope because I feel like music just drives me in a creative way, and I feel like that is what. I think that's what's driven me to do all these podcasts because like we have commercials. <laughs> I'm like, okay, write something down for this commercial. Let's say I have like a Folgers coffee commercial. I was walking around Walmart. Folgers did a whole new deal where it's like 1960 or whatever the year is. And it says Folgers, the, uh, the tradition continues or something like that. And so I went on their website and it's like, it tells this story about this guy. So, you know what? I'm going to make a commercial about Folgers Coffee. What music goes with that? I was like, first off, if it's going to be a story, I want it to be like the those little campy Fabio commercials. <laughs> and I you, can't believe it's not butter. Yeah. And you, you guys will hear this <laughs> on like a future episode of the Elijah Bailey Show, but like kind of like um, a fisherman out on the water, like in 1945, one man <laughs> did this. And then it goes into the commercial and you have like the the part where the jingle and stuff comes in. Like, what is that going to be? This isn't an anime commercial. So I actually got to I got to get some music, but it's going to use it's going to be a blend of that Folgers, like the best part. But it's also going to be um, I can't give away too much. But it's also going to be some other music over it to, right. to, to blend it and give you a whole new perspective on Folgers. Then right after that, I'm going to turn around and do like a Kroger's commercial that's just like bullshitting off, off of Folgers <laughs> with some specific music. But I just hear that stuff, and it's like, what would go good with this? Like, here's the beat. That's an intro. That's an outro. That's a commercial. Because that's how it makes me feel. Like, if somebody played this, this is like, you can't bum, bum, ba-da, bum, bum, ba-da. <laughs> like, okay, that's an intro. That's how we're starting the show. But if it's got somewhere it's, like, nice and slow and a little low beat, that's going to be something as we go out. But I've, that's the same kind of feeling that I get when I'm listening to all of these, like, even, like, with Prince, with Kiss, you know, you like, oh, we're starting out right now. And Prince is about to tell me a story. I need to sit and listen. He said, he said, women, not girls turn me on. Well, I need to be hooked on women then, not girls. And I wanted to lead you. Right on. Uh, but music is just so, it, it'll make you evolve in so many different ways, dude. If you're young and listen to this, if you want to change your wife's mood, music. <laughs> if you want to change your mood, music. Like, not everything has to be all or nothing, especially like if you're in high school or middle school, like what you're experiencing right now, that's not your life to become. You evolve every day. So if there's an older song that you like, how how do you like it and you aren't as old as the song, right? There's things in it that will help you. There was there was there's a process that they did there. They evolved past their time into reaching into your time because there's no reason why I should love as much Queen as I do. <laughs> Well, it's the universal reach of music, though, you know? Yeah. I mean, even I remember specifically on um, More Life, Drake's album, or playlist, I guess mm -hmm. he calls it. Um, there's Teenage Fever, and he samples If You Had My Love by Jennifer Lopez. Mm -hmm. Now, if you don't, I don't know if you follow, like, uh, the shit I posted the other day, but I did, like, my Spotify year in review or whatever. Yeah. The second year in a row. 
I'm supposed to listen to artists. It's Jennifer Lopez. Yes, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? I, I don't even feel like I listen to J-Lo that much. But yeah, you do. It's like shit that I grew up listening to, though. Because, yeah. I mean, around the time that I was, you know, starting to get out my own, like, find my own music, it's yeah. like Jennifer Lopez, Ja Rule, mm-hmm. like, uh, Tamia, uh, uh, all that kind of shit's out. Yeah, Selena. And so it's like those are the things that had a profound impact on me. So it's just like. Almost a thing that's like ingrained, like it's second nature. You don't even think about it. Yeah. And it's like, oh shit, I guess I I was bumping that. It's okay. That J Lo okay. the other day. And she is looking <laughs> damn good for 49. My man. God. She's still uh, fine. God, what is her name? There's another uh, uh, woman that just turned 55. She fucking looks like she's in her late 30s, man. Jesus. Like, uh, these women are doing miracles for my self esteem <laughs> right now. J Lo is evergreen, man. Yeah. J Lo is fine as hell. Yeah, I, I wanted when, to be a fly girl in the the reboot of In Living Color. Go back to our roots. Go back to yeah. Your roots. She was a dancer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I remember whenever I remember hearing about her playing Selena at first, and the women in my life talking about that. I just remember that as a kid, mm-hmm. and them saying that J Lo didn't have enough ass to play Selena. And mm-hmm. I was like, God damn. Mm-hmm. Like, how thick is Selena? God damn. Selena is the thickest of the thick. Thick, 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 thick. What could have been? Thick, girl. <laughs> You're dirty, girl. Uh, Thicker than a snicker, for sure. Mm. And I want to bite. That's what you say. I want to bite. <laughs> I always had a, a connection with Selena because we had the same birthday. Oh, when's your birthday? April 16th. April. So same I, as. Because I, I'm, I'm bad at some birthdays. Like, my wife's and mine are, and my mom's. Are really the three that I need to remember. Right. And because I've done so many podcasts with the Buckety, I know his birth like him, <laughs> Buck, uh, my buddy AJ, our birthdays are all on the twenty third of different months. Oh, that's so, easy to remember them. Yeah. So I just gotta remember what month the birthdays are. But yeah, I'm bad with birthdays. That's how I remember my brothers, because my birth my brother's is February sixteenth. Mm. Mine's April sixteenth. Ooh. So I always 16th. remember his. He's the oldest of us, though. We're three eh, brothers. He's the oldest. Older siblings don't remember. I'll send him a card. Send him a card. Like, yeah, it's gonna be here like three weeks after your birthday. But yeah. you're lucky. <laughs> it's the it's a thought that counts. Um, but yeah, man. Well, Elijah, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to come out and chat, man. Oh man, this has been fun. This flew by. Yeah, it did quickly. <laughs> uh, no, for real. Uh, appreciate you coming out and have to have you back on. Um, we do some panel episodes, so. Yeah, you guys dude. are gonna have to watch out for what he's back on uh, when I bring him back in. So yeah, man, I, I love it. Uh, the, the studio is awesome. I had two beers and some tea. <laughs> I'm feeling like a fucking champ right now. Uh, but yeah, this was this was fun. I, I'm glad that I got to come on the show, and then we have to have you back on our shows as well because there's some more. Like I told you, there's renovations like right coming on, to yeah. the studio, but we have some uh, some new ideas for our guests that come on the show. Like, we'll have, like, another music challenge, but uh, there's some things coming, especially for a little bit of anime. Oh, shit, so. my anxiety's flaring up already. That's okay, that's okay. I'm Ours kidding. is always <laughs> to, like, the 10th degree, so you're in great company. But, yeah, man, this was, this was amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell people where they could follow, like, your different podcasts? We'll be sure to put everything in the show notes as well, but... Uh, tell people where they could follow you on social media and like uh, look for all your shows and everything. Woo! Okay, perfect. Get a it's pen. Like the, and be a ten paper. minute second. second. Yeah. <laughs> Get a pen <laughs> and paper. Now you can follow us on every platform uh, for all of my shows. Let's start with the easiest one. A little bit of anime. You can find us on Facebook at a little bit of anime. Uh, Twitter and Instagram is at bit o anime. 
Um, Superpower Movie Podcast on Facebook is Superpower Movie Podcast. On Instagram and Twitter, it's SPM underscore podcast. Uh, the Elijah Bailey Show. Again, follow us on Facebook, The Elijah Bailey Show. And then on Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram, it's at Elijah Bailey Show, but no W on the end, so it's just SHO. <laughs> I ran out of room. I can't believe you remember all this. Oh, dude. After three years. I mean, you've years, done it enough, yeah. Yeah, after three years, it's easy. Uh, Blacken Studios, the black box. You can follow on Instagram and Twitter at Blacken Gaming. And you'll also get uh, the Black Box and the AOS podcast. They're both on the same page. But uh, you can find all these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, Spotify, uh, pretty much any major podcasting source that you're listening to uh, this show on. You can find it there. So, ag man. Well, as always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. So, Elijah, thanks again, Holmes. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.